Hi, this is Vicki, no Wiki, and I'm from the Downers Grove Seed Lending Library. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main clean beaches. He's gone deaf from 20 years of answering gardening questions. And she uh here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. The old jokes are the best. What? 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 I'm just still trying to load uh, here up on our... Uh... Why is that screen angled that way? That's weird. Oh, is it angled oddly? Yeah. I'm just... Kind of lo- matches I'm, my I'm, mic here. I'm, oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm trying to find the, the Google. Now, see, here's... I guess if I go back... Okay, there we are. Hey, good morning, listeners. Hey. Uh, you just talk amongst yourselves while I uh, set this up. Now, see, i got to figure out that's the... Te- ah! That's the one we want. Moving right along. Moving right along. How are you? Well, it's a um, cold, blustery day in Chicago. Quite different from last Saturday with the Science March. No kidding. Um, this is the, the day, not the day you want to be out. This is the day you want to... Well, actually, if you, you got to... You know, this actually kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. That the day you, you march for the climate is the day where it's blustery. Um, now, some people are marching. Somebody... I saw wrote uh, somewhere in one of my social media that they were going to D.C. Right, and it was that was gonna Lisa be, Albrecht. Was that Le- yeah. right? Oh, okay. And she said it was going to be 90 in D.C. and 40 here. Yeah, with a wind chill. So there you go. Driving rain. And <laughs> is it, no we're driving way what in in D.C. No, no here. But that'll mm. be later. Is that really? After we gonna get March. rain? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been paying attention. We're All I know a, we're supposed to have between. Two and a half and four and a half, according to Mr. Skilling. We'll see what Rick has to say later. Today? Um, the next couple of days. Four and a half inches of rain? That's Holy what Skilling smoke. was saying. So Holy we'll see what Rick says. Yikes. Okay. Uh, welcome, folks. And this is the first of two days now. Uh, we're very excited because it's a new chapter. Now, which bell is mine? This is not ours. Okay. That's Legacy. All Somebody right. left that one. All right. <laughs> We've got three dingers this here. This one's like really grungy. Um, we're very happy to say that the show is uh, Saturday, as usual, 10 to 11 a.m. on 1590 WCGO. Starting tomorrow, we're on again. We're coming right back into the studio at 9 a.m., 9 to 11, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. So three full hours each weekend of fresh stuff. Uh, And we hope that you will join us. Um, And uh, today... Um, we have one of our guests right here in studio, and that's Brad Temkin, um, who's a photographer. 
who's uh, got a show going up uh, or had, running right now at Roosevelt University in Chicago called Rooftop Second Nature. And since I've been on a few rooftop gardens and uh, seen what they're like, uh, we're going to talk to Brad about that. And he's going to be joined by an old buddy of mine. It's uh, Mike Bryson, who's a, a professor and co-founder of the Sustainability Studies Program at Roosevelt University. Uh, and then later on, Peggy and I are going to talk about stuff like uh, the March today. We're going to preview tomorrow's show. Um, Rick DeMaio sent us a really fascinating story. Did you read that one, Peggy? Uh, it's uh, about how certain conservative groups are sending teachers these guides about climate change, and they're not correct. They're wrong. About and their sponsored inf- by. And sponsored by, the, the, you know, the big money and the right wing. Oh, well. Okay, so that's all uh, coming up uh, on today's show. Um, uh, I know I'm supposed to start, but I don't have it right here. Oh, yes, I do. I have this. Where we ask the musical question, are you the guy with the bags and bottles of fertilizers and chemicals in your garage in a lawn that still needs help? Well, maybe this is the year you call Logic Lawn Care. Logic is an Evanston-based company that can show you a different way. With almost a decade of experience, Logic can show you how to create a healthy and safe lawn naturally. Logic also works with schools, park districts, and municipalities across Chicago to manage large turf areas. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Here's why you should stop at the Sugar Beet Co-op. Fresh local and organic produce, a huge bulk selection, high-quality dairy, eggs, and meat, vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free foods, wine, beer, cider, and spirits, fresh local bread, rolls, and baked goods, and $5 off a $15 purchase just by saying The Mike Novak Show. What? That's crazy. Yes, but it's true. Sugarbeet Food Co-op in Oak Park, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop. All right. Uh, as we said, the first of two days of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're doing an hour today. We do two hours tomorrow, and I hope you'll be with us for all of it. Go to MikeNovak.net. We have all kinds of good stuff written up there. You can always tweet us. You can write us on Facebook or email Mike at MikeNovak. Net. Or call us 847-475-1590. Try that too. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, 
I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is sports director Kevin Burgess. Make sure you catch my sports report every day from 5 to 7 p.m. on French and Friends. Sponsored by 1090 Brewing. How's that brick lane coming? How's your engine running? That bridge getting built Are your hands getting filled Won't you tell me my brother Cause there are stars Up above Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki Broadcasting live from 1590 WCGO Um uh, and uh, in a second, we will have Mike Bryson with us on the phone. But I'm happy to say that uh, in the studio, we have photographer Brad Temkin. Brad, good morning, and thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And uh, let's, let's bring in Mike Bryson as well. And uh, he is a professor and co-founder of the Sustainability Studies Program at Roosevelt University. Mike, how you doing? Good morning, Mike. Great to be here. It's so good to have you on the show again, That uh, Mike, because you as I said, started the Sustainability Studies Program. One of the people you did it with is a guy who was on the show several weeks ago, Carl Zimmering, who's now at the Pratt Institute in New York, which is uh, really cool. And uh, he has uh, uh, we had we had just an amazing conversation with him when he came in here about his. And you wouldn't think that aluminum and and upcycling aluminum would be that interesting until you sit down with Carl Zimmering. But uh, you already know that, right? Oh, he is a of knowledge, and he can make anything. Uh, he can make aluminum absolutely riveting. Uh, let's let's go back to Brad. Uh, you've been doing this a, a long time. You're Chicago based, um, but your your works are all over the place. Um, so you're you're kind of a photographer of note. Uh, give me a, an example of some of the places where your your photographs are are hanging. Um, different museums and. Um you know, the Art Institute, Museum of Fine Arts, Houston, Eamon Carter Museum, among others, yeah. Yeah, Milwaukee Art Museum. Milwaukee Art Museum, yeah. Corcoran, Corcoran in D.C. I um, didn't mean to put you on the spot there okay. to, to have to, to promote <laughs> yourself, but it's, 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 it's an impressive list. Uh, where did the idea to photograph rooftops come from? So I was um, – I've been photographing the human impact um, – and sort of what we do in the environment. And I choose to look at the positive rather than negative because I think that concentrating on the positive is it kind of shows our grace and ingenuity, and this is what I really enjoy. So I was uh, printing an exhibition of uh, photographs for the city of Chicago 
of my private places pictures, which are pictures of gardens, uh, urban gardens. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard this piece on NPR in late 2008. And um, I thought this is really interesting. So all of my projects are usually based on, hey, I want to learn more about this. And since I'm uh, environmentally uh, aware and nature has played a big, well, it's played a major part in my work since I started um, about 40 years ago, I thought this would be interesting. So I started to ask around to try and get access. And uh, after about a year or so of making pictures uh, on roofs, I realized what I didn't want to do, which was to just photograph gardens. And I found that these... Um, green roofs that I was photographing were more about how we uh, counter and mitigate uh, our impact on the environment because in cities you have uh, a lot of impervious uh, uh, surfaces and the rainwater flows into the drinking water and the sewage and and then there's also something called the heat island effect in which you know we're right by Lake Michigan so all of that air kind of blows over to the west side, the, the heat that's, that's cooled by the lake goes over the west side and it causes this extra heat, um, which isn't good, and also the carbon footprint. And I found that these green roofs were also insulating buildings, um, so there was less HVAC being used, and therefore, uh, you know, it was, it was more economical for buildings to have them. Plus, also, they look better. Plus, mm -hmm. also... <laughs> yeah, but, but, okay, that's a really good point. They look better, but from a certain angle, you know? Right, you, you have you to know, be above. The, right. You have to be above. But, and that, and that changes the whole equation, not only for uh, people who want to see gardens, but for photographers who want to see gardens like you. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just about seeing gardens, because I could go to nature any time I wanted, but it was more about you know, what we do with environment. And what I love so much is that in spite of our folly and how we kind of screw things up, which we, which is easy to see, we, we uh, go ahead and counteract it and we find uh, new ways of um, kind of living. And, and the uh, green roofs are, you know, eventually I think the green roofs are going to be like national parks. You'll look out of a building and you'll see these beautiful landscapes coming through. You know, you, you're you're the positive guy. You just said you're the positive guy. And we might need the green roofs because our, our national parks might not be there anymore, okay, <laughs> after a while. And I'm sorry to be negative about that, but it seems to be uh, a direction in which we're heading. Um, I'd like to bring in, uh, and I want to get to the idea of how you access those roofs in a second, but I'm going to go to Mike Bryson uh, at Roosevelt University. Now, how how did this tie in? Obviously, it, it is a subject that would tie in with the sustainability department, but how did that happen, Mike? Uh, well, it was a real exciting moment for me when the director of the Gage Gallery came to me and said, hey, guess what, Mike? We've got a show coming by an amazing artist. That would be Brad, who I would meet mm -hmm. later. And it is environmentally focused. And so I want you in the program to be involved with curating that exhibit um, and really using it as uh, within the sustainability conversations we try to foster at the university every semester among our students and faculty, staff, but also as part of our public outreach. 
So I was really excited about that opportunity. It's literally the first uh, in the many uh, over 15-year history of this gallery to feature a photo exhibit that has any kind of explicit environmental theme. Um, so that was a departure for the gallery that was a great opportunity for me to connect some of the great uh, and important sustainability green infrastructure ecosystem services that Brad very eloquently summarized for me. Thank you, Brad. I don't have to do that. Uh, he articulated that very well. For me, it was a great way to see that expressed through art and through the humanities. In other words, the stories and images we produce about the urban landscape and natural world. I'm kind of surprised, Mike. You you, you mentioned that uh, the this kind of theme, environmental theme, had not been part of the gallery, and that kind of stuns me because green roofs are not the only natural wonders that we have. Um, were you kind of surprised at this too? Uh, yes and no. And by that, I mean let me qualify that remark by saying maybe a sort of explicit, direct focus on the environment. Okay. Um, as someone who always visits the gallery. Uh, uh, um, exhibits and brings my students to them, it, it, it's very easy to connect the subjects. For example, uh, incarceration of minorities, um, the uh, changing landscape of cities, uh, social just, documenting social justice around the world. Those are actually all connected to, as you well know, sustainability concerns uh, about you know the human place in the natural world and um, how we treat ourselves as a species. Um, so it was more of a direct sort of obviously green exhibit that I meant, uh, because the gallery's focus has traditionally, has historically been on, um, you know, a docu social documentary photography that addressed uh, politics um, and social justice concerns. Um, so this was this was for me a great way to take something that was ostensibly um, not disconnected, but not obviously connected to the the normal themes of the gallery, you know, mm -hmm. the landscape photography, and say, hey, this has an environmental dimension, and it's related to what we need to think about in our um, environmental justice efforts to say combat climate change, mm -hmm. improve yeah. quality of life in cities. And I didn't mean to, I didn't didn't mean to drag you down that uh, rabbit hole there, uh, Mike. Uh, but one of the things I want to talk about because I'm I'm standing here looking at my own website, MikeNovak.net, where I posted the one of the photos from um, uh, the uh, the exhibit, and it's actually the title photo, and it, it's called again Rooftop Second Nature. And this is a photo, and and I don't know if you can see this, uh, Brad. This is the one I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's become sort of iconic for that your your exhibit, and it's taken from far above. Was that a helicopter shot? It was, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> were you hanging from the helicopter? It was. Are you serious? Yeah, like with was, a harness or something? I had a harness, and the door was off. Wow. And, Holy yeah. smoke. Yeah. Uh, how are you about heights? Well, when I'm making pictures, I you know, all I'm thinking about is I'm I'm there. I'm there. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if I'm hanging from a uh -huh. helicopter or 
sitting in a in a sewer or a tunnel or whatever. I just I'm you're focused making, on your work. Yeah, yeah, I'm making a picture. I'm involved in and in visually what I'm doing. And um, with that picture, that's the cover of the book. Yes. Um, okay. But what I find really interesting about that is just the angularity, and you can see everything going on in the city, and yeah. and then you see these green roofs, and it shows the design. And what's so interesting about the green roof movement is that people actually think about the just like architecture, they think about how something uh, fits in with another, and that's what sustainability is all about: mm-hmm. is collaboration. Mm-hmm. It's um, and so with, with the helicopter pilots well, too, right? Collaboration <laughs> with the helicopter pilots, collaboration with design, collaboration with architects and yeah. landscape mm-hmm. architects and waterproof people and people that grow the membranes and you know gardeners and maintenance people. It all they all work together, and in order for I think the world to sustain and and um, not perish, people have to work together, mm-hmm. and from every bad thing, which is how we pollute the environment and, and and destroy the carbon footprint, good things happen. And the good things that are happening are design and collaboration and sustainability. I was looking at the galleries on your website and noticed you'd taken green roofs in Chicago, but also in Europe, Philadelphia. Yeah, they're all over the world. What differences or similarities are you seeing? Well, the, um, you know, in the U.S., it's fairly a young movement. It's only been around, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a couple of decades, 20, 30 years. In Europe, it's been going on for, you know, a century. Mm-hmm. And so in Iceland, you know, you've got from the Vikings. And then you, in Germany and Switzerland, you know, they've been doing it. You see green roofs all over the place. The big difference is in Europe, I think that they've got it down to a point where it's very low maintenance and things kind of take care of themselves like the environment and they mimic the environment to mimic nature in order to do that. In the United States, we're doing that more and more as the people who are trying to get into, um, to make money, they're realizing that they need to kind of do, not take shortcuts, but think of the big picture and how it's going to fit. And that's what's happening. And of course, the United States is much younger than Europe. Mm-hmm. So it only stands to reason that that's how it happens. You know, um, you, you've you taken photos on top of City Hall in Chicago, and I've been up there several times. Once, right around the turn of this century, and then about eight or nine years later, and I was amazed at how it had changed. And I imagine it's changed since then mm-hmm. also. Um, and it's a difficult one because there's no railings on the side. They have to be very careful who they can bring up there. It's liability issues. And I imagine a lot of these. With all of them. Yeah. yeah. All the roofs have got pretty much just a parapet, mm-hmm. which is only about two feet, two, three feet tall. And, um, and yeah, their liability is really high. That's why they're not parks. That's why <laughs> people aren't allowed up there. Um, Mike Bryson, uh, we're going to be taking a break here in a second. Can you hang on for just a little longer? I want to talk a little more about this, and um, I want to get to some of the issues in sustainability at Roosevelt. Is that okay with you? Standing by, Captain. (laughs) (laughs) And you should know, Mike and I go back a ways. Not only uh, do we know each other via this radio show, but we were actually softball teammates way back in the day. I'm I'm afraid to say how long ago (laughs) that was. Uh, 
three years. <laughs> yeah, the other day. Yeah, you know. Uh, he can actually field a 16-inch softball and gun somebody out at first base. So, no, from experience? Yes, I do. So you should know that uh, Bryson is a triple or even quadruple threat. So, uh, And he's been to Antarctica. What can I tell you? All right, so we'll be back with Mike Bryson and Brad Temkin in uh, just a second. Now, do you remember the color wheel from grade school? Brad probably knows all about this. That's very different from the big wheels that keep on turning in all of the rock songs from the 1970s. Oh, no, that's going to be going through my head again. <laughs> anyway, the May-June issue of Chicagoland Gardening has a story about complementary colors, yellow and blue, to be precise, and I think it resonates with me because I'm a University of Michigan grad, and they are the maize and blue. But be careful, if your school colors were purple and black, you're going to have a very depressing garden. Well, mine were purple and white, so. so... But you could do that in your garden. That's, you know, it's the pansies. Uh, speaking of depressing, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state -state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, or go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. We are uh, having a wonderful conversation in studio with Brad Temkin uh, from Roosevelt uh, University. Well, he's a photographer. He's got a, a show at Roosevelt University, Rooftop Second Nature. Uh, with him, Mike Bryson, professor and co-founder of the Sustainability Study Department. Stick around. We will continue that right after this on The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. 
What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Okay. Nah, we're not we're not talking tomatoes yeah, today unless to tell you to to get them uh, out of the ground if you put them out and bring there. them in the house. Yeah, get them in the house. Get them warmed up. Get, put a blanket on them because they're uh, they're not going to be happy outside today. But we are talking about rooftop gardens, and actually, if you put tomato on a rooftop garden, uh, you would have issues with the wind, um, and that's one of the things I think Brad Temkin you you discovered when you were up on rooftops. Also, that 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 must make shooting a little bit difficult. Well, I'm just really careful. <laughs> I, I, I imagine you are. I, we talked about liability issues before. Uh, did you have to sign any waivers along the way? Um, no, I had to wear a hard hat. And when mm-hmm. I was uh, when I was doing stuff on federal buildings, um, when I got within a certain part of the parapet wall, I'd have to wear a harness, and I mm-hmm. trained. Uh, I trained if I fell off a roof, what I would do. Um, what would you do? I, you do nothing. You just hang and you wait. Oh, because, you mean if, if you're in a harness. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you basically you hang because if you move, <laughs> what happens, you'll die. After about 20 minutes, you'll, you know, you'll end up fainting and, and oh. you know, the blood will... Beca- uh, because you will end up upside down or twisted and, or... And then you'll start moving around and, yeah, it's... See, so... I, thought, I thought when you said you if you fall off a roof, I forgot that you had a harness on. I thought you just go to the Batman role and everything's fine, you know, and then, and then you're cool. <laughs> Spider-Man. And, and, <laughs> and then you have to make sure that things don't... Um, like, everything is really close. I work with a large format camera. With, mm-hmm. you, know, you put a sheet over your head. So, uh, which every, is also more difficult too. It's you know you're not taking your cell phone and getting a couple of snappies there. No, and I have them to, many roofs. I'd have to climb up and down maybe three or four times to bring my equipment up first. Wow! And then after that, um, you know, the wind would be blowing, and I would have to hold on to everything as I was focusing or mm-hmm. whatever I was doing, um, changing lenses or or what have you, and then waiting for the light. So that's the other thing. Yeah, waiting for the light. My brother is a photographer. Um, was in Manhattan for a long time. He's now in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And I can remember us uh, working on a project, waiting for the light um, in, in uh, high-rise in New York City, um, I want to say like 30 years ago, maybe 40. No, nah, it's a long time. And um, the light came. We got exactly, I think, you know, like eight minutes of the exact right light, and then it went away and never came back. But he managed to get the photo in those eight minutes. But we waited, you know, like five more hours after that and still couldn't mm-hmm. get the right light. Thank goodness it happened once. So that happens too, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, I mean, I would uh, teach workshops in Ireland and um, I would literally sit there and like start directing the clouds and moving the light. <laughs> and So one time I'm doing this, I'm standing up and I'm going like this and <laughs> One of these, uh, one of my students says, he goes, what, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just moving the light. And, 
and stopping the wind, you know, because... So, I didn't know you had those powers. Well, what it is, it's funny because it's not a matter of the powers, but what, uh, but it kind of is because what you're doing is you become so one with what it is, at least in my process, you become so one with what it is that you're making a picture of that you are just aware of every mm-hmm. single thing. So you're waiting for that second in between and my daughter would always ask me she's like what what do you look for in your pictures and i told her it was the moment in between moments wow and yeah that's what she well she actually went <laughs> <laughs> well but you know what it is you're looking for uh but that's really very interesting because it's not the moment it's the moment in between moments yeah like it's that. that it's that 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 moment when everything becomes like where everything just stops and you're you're in, you're just one with what it where you are and what you're doing even with a with a portrait mm-hmm. it's the moment that somebody gives themselves to you and you have to be well, really they stop aware being a self-conscious mm-hmm. or something or accepting as you say give themselves to you know to like you, that yeah. glimpse that they move away and then they come back and that's that glimpse where they're completely every all walls are gone and it's the same thing with a tree. It's that moment that everything is just stopped, and it's magic. Interesting. That's great. I really like and that. And it's luck. Uh, yeah. There's there's a fair amount of luck involved, too, because you can't control the clouds as much as you wave your hands. and. Well, and everything to... you do is is uh, dependent on where you are in that moment in your, in your own space. So, like, if you stubbed your toe when you woke up that morning, it's going to change how you respond to something, you know, like driving in a um, in a traffic jam. Sometimes you get upset at a person, and other times the same thing happens, and you're like, "Yeah, that's okay." It's and true. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, in I, the I, moment, I always I, I do look at myself sometimes and think, "Why am I not yelling at that driver right now?" I have no idea. Uh, by the way, this exhibit, uh, rooftop second nature, runs through next Friday, May sixth. At uh, the at Roosevelt University's Gage Gallery, 18 South Michigan Avenue, Chicago. Hours are 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. weekdays and 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. So you could go today. Uh, and if you're listening to this coming back from the march or on the way to the march, you could go even today. So I just want to make sure that folks know that that's happening and that information is all on my website, MikeNovak.net. But before we go, uh, back to you, Mr. Bryson, because uh, I love what you've done with the sustainability uh, department at uh, Roosevelt University, including things like trips up bubbly, or is it down bubbly Creek? Uh, in, up and down. Up and down. Uh, yeah. Are you still do, doing those? Yes, I am. Uh, I am going to take my students on another bubbly Creek canoe journey later this month as part of a writing urban nature course that I am offering. Uh, at Roosevelt, and Friends of the Chicago River are our canoeing partners, and they inform me they're very excited because it's their only Bubbly Creek trip scheduled for this year. So wow. I, I guess I'm the one, kind of like Brad. Brad and I both geek out on water <laughs> infrastructure uh-huh. and sewage and uh, wastewater and uh you know, industrial canals, stuff like that. So it's it's a beautiful place. Well, yeah, maybe surprisingly um, rich with wildlife. Yeah, it is. Well, it, why don't you explain to folks? Because there are people listening to the show who have no idea what Bubbly Creek is. Maybe in twenty seconds, you can give us an idea. Bubbly Creek is an infamous, infamously uh, polluted waterway on the south side of Chicago. 
that once received all the garbage, all the refuse from the Chicago stockyards decade after decade after decade, and it um, runs north-south and joins up with the south branch of the Chicago River in the Bridgeport neighborhood. So it's we're talking the near southwest side of the city. And uh, before Chicago was transformed into a city, Bubbly Creek was a meandering prairie stream uh, going through a wetland. And uh, so, hmm. you know, it's it's an industrial canal right now. Um, and has in the years you've been doing it, has it changed at all? Somewhat. Um, I've only been exploring it and canoeing it since 2009. But in that time, and uh, there is a very new and lovely and beautifully designed uh, canoe and kayak boathouse at the mouth of Bubbly Creek Mm. that was not there previously. It's (laughs) all fancy, uh, a a beautiful building uh, done, I believe it's designed by Jeannie Gang, uh, noted Chicago architect Mm -hmm. and, you know, part of the Chicago Park District. It's a bookend boathouse uh, very similar to the one that's on the north side uh, by Clark Park along the north branch of the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the major change in the last few Yeah, years. really not so much the water quality itself, I imagine, although, as you say, you can still see nature along it. And that's, and that's the amazing thing, the interface of, of our, uh, the remnants of our toxicity as a culture and nature somehow existing and sometimes triumphing. Uh, in those circumstances, um, what what are the highlights for sustainability at Roosevelt for 2017? Well, one highlight is directly connected to Brad's beautiful photography exhibit at the gallery because, given that that was in place in early February, uh, we have used the gallery as an exhibit and classroom and public event space to connect sustainability to education and also public outreach. For example, just this past Wednesday, the gallery hosted our sustainability symposium where I had nine teams of students present their campus sustainability projects they've undertaken this past semester uh, in the gallery space um, to an audience of faculty and staff and visitors um, and that was really exciting because they're doing stuff on water conservation, composting, recycling, uh, living in learning communities, student orientation and outreach, et cetera. So um, that that was really one highlight for us uh, this this semester in sustainability. Well, if you want more information about sustainability at Roosevelt University, again, you can go to uh, my website, Mike. Novak.net. I have a link to the Sustainability Studies blog. You can find more about Brad Temkin uh, and Michael Bryson there. And again, the the exhibit Rooftop Second Nature runs through next Friday, uh, which is uh, the 6th of May, hours 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. weekdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. Um, And I notice there's even a, a photograph of a strip from the rooftop of mm-hmm. Roosevelt University, is that all they could manage? Is that that little? No, thing? they've got several. They've got several green roofs. Oh, good. Yeah, See, I had no idea. All the way on top, on I think the thirtieth floor, and mm. they've got two on the sixth floor. And cool. 
So um, you need to take I, a tour I, up there. Yeah, I, I want to oh, say yeah. one thing because you're talking about yeah. the water, and yeah. Mike had brought up about him being a geek, water geek as yeah. well. And Mike, if it's okay, um, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District is doing a lot of great things with water and reclamation and bringing, mimicking nature to put it back into the rivers and streams in a much more pure, they take raw sewage and they separate it and we reuse the water which goes, uh, they disinfect it and mm-hmm. and uh, use nature's microorganisms to eat up all the bad bacteria and it's it's a really notable thing. It is. Just... It's a one, and we, and we will talk. We have talked about it on the show. We will do it again. Uh, thank you both, Mike Bryson, Brad Temkin, uh, for uh, for being here today. Peggy, admit it. You know that a couple of dandelions or some clover in your lawn aren't a problem. Not only that, you know that wiping them out with chemicals is not particularly good for your kids or your pets. But you need some help. Why not call Logic Lawn Care? They're experts in creating health and safe lawns. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. And let's mention that uh, Logic Lawn Care is going to be on the show tomorrow. So if you've got questions about your lawn, you want to do it naturally, uh, Steve Newman will be here to answer those questions uh, tomorrow at uh, in the 9 a.m. hour. Uh, Rick DeMaio Weather coming up. So stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. One of Evanston's best parties of the year is just around the corner, the 2017 Evanston Green Ball. It supports the Evanston Ecology Center and features great local food and beverages, live music, and an environmental art show. The Green Ball is on Saturday, May 20th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at the Levy Center, 300 Dodge Avenue in Evanston. Go to evanstonenvironment.org for more information and to buy your tickets. See you at the Green Ball. Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA, creates a direct relationship between you and a local farmer who grows your food. You support a farmer financially up front, and your farmer provides you with local, sustainably raised food during the growing season. This could be a weekly box of vegetables, a monthly share of meat or eggs, and there are many other options. To find your farmer and the CSA that works best for you, go to bandoffarmers.org. Sign up for your CSA today. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. I didn't come here looking for Jesus. I brought him along with me. Well, didn't it rain? Jerry, gonna send the water from Zion. It's gonna rain. Oh, yeah. I guess, I, I guess it is going to rain today, so we should have that. Hey, by the way, here's why you should stop at the Sugar Beet Co-op. 
fresh local and organic produce, a huge bulk selection, high-quality dairy, eggs, and meat, vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free foods, wine, beer, cider, and spirits, fresh local breads, rolls, and baked goods, and $5 off a $15 purchase just by saying The Mike Novak Show. Wow. Give us a ding for that. Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, just west of Oak Park Avenue, or at sugarbeet.coop. That's sugarbeet.coop. Let's go to the phone. Bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio, who I find out is still not been kicked off of WFLD-TV. You're still you're still de- doing your thing there, aren't you? And, you know, some may say I'm, I'm, I'm pushing the envelope as well. I, I mentioned climate change again. Twice last week. No. Um, yeah, yeah. Good and, last, and, last Sunday, I heard that. Um, was that the following the the story about the Syrian refugees, Peg? Um, Is that where you, how you sure. tied it? Did you tie it in? Is that the the deal? Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't trying to be, you know. No, you know, it's boy, everybody. It's bombastic. you know, this is common knowledge now that that the the, the drought in Syria mm-hmm. is one of the key factors for that revolution there, for that civil war. Uh, yeah, and, and, and everybody knows it. Right, right. So there was uh, Sylvia Gomez was uh, or Sylvia Perez uh, was um, interviewing uh, a, a Syrian doctor, obviously in charge of. We're not in charge, but um, kind of directly related to, you know, some of the relief efforts going on there. And they, as they typically do on Sunday, they tossed back over to me. And I think it was kind of an awkward toss because there was really nothing to tie in Syria and the weather. But I did. And I said, you know, uh, those of you who don't realize this, but there's been an ongoing drought or was an ongoing drought for years. And one of the reasons why there was so much mass migration from the southern part of the country northward was because people just did not have land um, to graze on mm-hmm. or, or the, the, the cattle to graze on or land, you know, to, to produce agriculture. You know, the basic needs of, of life were not there. The, the water was down, the, you know, and they, and they moved. And they moved into an area that was a civil war and it became worse. And I, I clearly, you know, pulled it off a lot clearer than what I just did. Um, <laughs> you did but, it pretty well just now. Yeah, but you got to remember, in, in TV, you got like three voices. you got the voice that's talking. You got the voice in the back of the head that's preparing the front voice to talk, and you got the one on the left that's that's kind of editing what you just said and what you're going to say. <laughs> and then and then you got the, the the clicker in your hand, and I saw you like on Tuesday or Wednesday where, oh, where yeah, every, Wednesday. everything everything froze on you, and you had to send it, it back to them yeah, and then come back to you. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Every, everybody remembers when things go wrong. But, uh... <laughs> well, I I thought you handled it great. I really did. It's like. You know, you you can't panic in a situation yeah. like that. You just no, kind of you just have to no. say, hey, you know, this is, this isn't working. Let's uh, do a couple of stories and then get back to right, it. Right, right. But you got you got to be able to, you know, you, you got to be able to let the people on the desk know and then in the control room know that you're going to do this. Otherwise, they're going to be like looking at you, going, "Where is he going?" <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, yeah. Radio, radio. You can kind of you kind of do a lot of messy things while you're still talking. You can shuffle paper and you can look at the the website and you can talk to one another and go, yeah, that's, this is going well or a thumbs down or we need to, you know, <laughs> you know, but all those things. But the bottom line is um, it, more and more of this needs to be talked about on the air and hopefully I'll still continue to get uh, the platform to do it. So I'll be working again this evening. Um, Yay. But, Great. but yeah, but once I'm, but once I'm done with the show, I'm heading down to the, 
climate march, I'm going to have another, you know, quick in and out, like say hi to people, march a little bit, and then come back because I got a bunch of stuff I got to do. But, yeah, it's um, from 12 to 4, right? 12 to 4, yep, yeah, uh, pegged down at uh, Federal Plaza. Uh, so right down there on uh, Dearborn. Um, unfortunately, it looks like, you know, the weather is probably going to keep the crowds down a little bit. It's pretty nasty outside. Yeah, it is. You know, 30-mile-an-hour wind and 42 degrees, it's like we've gone back in time. But, I mean, we had temperatures close to 80 this week, and then, you know, we've been hearing about this rain, this rain, this rain that's been south of us, south of us, south of us, but still under a flood watch. Uh, But later on tonight, and particularly um, overnight into Sunday, it's going to be a real soaker and a a real stinker around here. Oh, dear. And and stay this cold as well? Um. Well, no, 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 no. Tomorrow, actually, if the if the warm front actually lifts north of us, which it looks like it will, uh, between maybe seven and about ten o'clock tomorrow night, the warmest part of the weekend will be the part where most people are inside in their house, you know, getting ready to go to bed. Uh, but clearly, today, forties. Tomorrow, probably forties, maybe fifty. And then, right when the warm front goes through, it'll go, you know, basically south for about fifteen. Uh, miles an hour for about six hours, kind of like what happened this past Tuesday. I woke up Tuesday morning, early in the morning, it was 62, and then by 9 o'clock it was down into the 40s, mm. and that's pretty much where we've been. Or not Tuesday, that was a Thursday. Uh, that's pretty much where we've been since, uh, you know, the last literally three days. So really interesting, Mike, there's been this large area of cold weather uh, developing up over western sections of Canada. It dumped southward. It's pulled all this Gulf moisture northward, so there's this literally almost a thousand mile long corridor of heavy rain from pretty much eastern New Mexico and the southern areas of Ohio. And that's the same area that got hit two days ago. So some areas that got three to four inches of rain Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are now getting an additional six to eight inches of rain on top of that. So this is a very, very wet pattern. And for us here in Chicago, it's going to be kind of feast or fan in northern suburbs, you know, one to two inches here in the city, two to three uh, places south, Bloomington, Pontiac, Kankakee, Rensselaer, Indiana. You know, you're talking a half a foot of rain. So uh, areas to the south, Yikes. the farmers obviously trying to get their crops in. Uh, this is going to be really tough. But, but you this, can look outside. Of, go on. I'm just going to say this is the area that you've talked about on the show before, the Kankakee, yeah. where in the last several years they keep getting hammered by these uh, these these deluges. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it seems to be kind of focused for some reason just to the south of us. Uh, but even beyond that, um, even though we've, we're under a flash flood watch, um, this is just going to be a lot of rain over a long period of time. It's mainly going to be the rivers that are going to be a problem. But everything else, as you can see outside, is just blooming like it's never bloomed before. It's, it's, been, a, it's been quite a, quite mm-hmm. a very um, uh, active, you know, you know, blooming part of the spring right now, and it's going to be that way. Well, uh, we're going to let you go just a little bit early because we got to promote our tomorrow program. Sure. Uh, and thank you so much. And when are you? You're on uh, on uh, uh, Channel 32 tonight, and also when? Um, I'll be on from now on every Saturday and Sunday at least, probably through the end of June, mainly in the evenings, nothing in the mornings, and then also Tuesdays and maybe Wednesdays as well at noon. So, yeah, you're worming uh, your way into the system there. They're not going <laughs> to no, let you go. No, 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 no. One foot in, two feet out. <laughs> way, to, way to go. And and we want to wish you a happy birthday, Happy Rick. birthday there, Mr. DeMaio. Yeah, turns the big 54 tomorrow. I don't want to go any more than that, but I guess I have no choice. Okay, then we st- we're going to stop it right there. We start going Sounds backwards good. next Talk year. To you guys next week. All right, okay, thanks, thanks, Rick. Okay, bye. Uh, just a reminder. Uh, first of all, from our caller, uh, 
Anika, I guess, in Ohio had questions about apple trees and worms and cobwebs. Hey, Anika, send me an email, mike at mikenovak.net, or get on Facebook and write the question or Twitter. Uh, I need to know a little more about that before I can answer it for you, but we we would certainly love to uh, address that issue. Um, But reminder that tomorrow we're on for two hours right here, 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk, and we will be talking, as I said, to... uh, um, uh, Steve Newman and we Dan Egan uh, about the Great Lakes mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh and Mark Ayers yes. from Illinois Humane Society about coyote hunting in the state. Want to thank the folks on the show today: Brad Temkin, Mike Bryson, uh, and uh, of course Rick DeMaio, uh, and uh, all the listeners. And call us tomorrow at eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. Until tomorrow. At 9 a.m., right here, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Oh, uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.